Is it recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, bless you. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, oh, yeah, we just cut that out. Bum, because, hey, nah, nah, this, this will get out somewhere. <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like, woo, jokes, in it? <laughs> just fucking with you. <laughs> I was just fucking with you, right? <laughs> oh, listen, we got bad jokes, in it? And I know you're listening, babes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I bet. You're now listening to the Three Shots of Tequila podcast with Marvin Abbey, Mr. Exposed, and Taser fucking Black. Taser's that one. Okay, Keith. All right. All right, what's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of the Three Shots Tequila podcast with myself, Marvin Abbey. Who's got in the studio? Mr. Exposed and Taser Black. And we've got some very, very special guests. We've got one returning and one making their debut. Can we just know your name, guys, or where you're from? Listen, I, I'm, I'm the returnee, so I'll start this one. <laughs> Shout out to Three Shots Tequila and Shop Sidhu. They call me the energy god, and some people call me Adi Shopper. So it's a pleasure to be here once again. I feel like like a superstar now. I come here a second time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Shout out to everyone in the room. Shout out to the viewers. I go by the name Smade. Big Smade in the house. <laughs> humble. Hey, big Smade in the house, you know. Listen, I, I think, I, I, think I finally made it to be on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taze, tap him, please. Make sure, Make sure it's, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a hologram or something. <laughs> Tell them it's real. So um, just to start off with, I was going to start off with um, affirmation, but there's a drink on the table here. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you here as well, because I've seen you posting it. And obviously, we always want to promote within yeah. the culture and uh, whatever. So just let us know what it is in terms of... It's called Energy it. God, right? Yes, it is. It's called the Energy God. It's an energy drink. Um, I just decided that, listen, rather than chasing endorsements and looking for endorsements, we could do this now. We have the hip-hop culture to learn from. Yeah. We have even the Black British culture to learn from as well. We see what's happening with Kick Game, with the likes of Fredo. We see Krepton Conan. Yeah, yeah. We see Charlie Slot. It's about time that we within the culture start to take advantage of the growth and yeah. the success of Afrobeats and probably a little bit of the notoriety that we have. A lot of people ask me where I get my energy from. I love energy drinks. Um, I think I drank it too much. So I just thought, listen, people call me the energy god anyway. Let me start to look at things that my retirement plan. And this is where that idea came out. Let's, let's, let's put a name by a drink, uh, a brand, and just push it out there and, and, and take it to the next level. Let's invest. If we believe in the culture, we believe in ourselves, then it's time to, to really just test, test the waters and, and see what we can do with it. And Nigerians tend to support each other as well, for mm. example. So like, I'm sure there'll be clubs in Nigeria that would have this drink because uh, it's a Nigerian brand. First of all, you know, my brother Smade is here. You know, the fa- that was the first place I'm like, listen, if, I, if I've got energy drink, my life, listen, before I go sell it to anybody else, I need you to clear all the energy drinks in your Smade lounge out now. We're only stuck in this one. So you start with home base. And then, you know, the other encouragement that I had was with the artists, with the entertainers, your Whiskids and co who. You know, WizKids UBA endorsement is $3 million. David Doe and, and them lot are getting £5 million for Puma and stuff. Each one of them did adverts for me for nothing. You know, they, they wanted to encourage people within the culture yeah. to start to look at these things and, and take it there. So that for me was like a massive encouragement. Not only people that are close to me like Smade, but even people like that that see it and telling me behind the closed doors that, we need a lot more of this. We need people to start owning spirits. We saw what PDD did with Ciroc. I watched the first video with Ciroc in it. It was the Day 26 video from making a band mm. that PDD just put two bottles of Ciroc. Fast forward to three or four years ago, we're selling six billion cases a year. One of the fastest growing, you know, brands in the world. Mm. And that's off of the hip-hop culture. Afrobeats is fast rising. Let's just do what we can with it. And there you have it, the energy god. You know that you said you touched on Afrobeats is fast rising. So um, one girl that I know went to Manchester for um, Crep's birthday over the weekend, yeah? And she put up a story around, I think the next morning. Mm. She was like, there's something happening right now that I don't like. She's Caribbean. Mm. She was like, I was in the club and she literally heard Afrobeats for like the whole night. 
and Bashment was probably playing for about 20 minutes. And she's like, oh, what's going on with the Bashment scene? I don't know, but listen, we're here, it's man. Mad. We are here. It's about time. Man said, we out. <laughs> it's about time. I remember when it was that way around. Yeah, yeah. Now, bro, I, even Danky sounds like there was yeah. a there was a DJ that played um like, I'm a piano and Afrobeats, yeah. yeah, but like it was a shake. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my, yeah. the guys got uh, backed. Uh, listen, Davido, let me tell you the craziest thing over the last few days that a lot of people even have noticed, but people like me, that's what I'm looking for. I'm like, if you look at videos of there's this photographer called Johnny Nunez, he's the most famous photographer in hip hop. He takes all the iconic pictures. If you go and follow him on his page, he was at the Grammys, he was the one that took all the pictures with Beyonce, Jay Z. Whilst he's taking pictures, he also has a camera that records videos. So you can hear him telling him, please, can you stand together? Hey, Kendrick, whilst he's taking pictures. Zwemer's blasting, you know. Whiskey is blasting. Arastar's blasting. Mm. During the breaks at the Grammy Awards, I'm on, that's blasting throughout. I'm on, I'm on radio every Saturday. Yeah? Mm. The playlist is always Afrobeats. But it's always um, Burner Boy, Ira Star, mm. Shake, um, DJ Snake, like, bruv, all of these forever on the playlist. But do you know what it is? I think the difference is, the, I feel like a lot of West Indians have got a problem with Afrobeat. Not a lot, I can't say a lot, some, because I, I haven't done a poll. Some have a, a problem. I don't understand why there's a problem because there's space for both of us. But I think the issue is, Afrobeat is very PC. So you can play Afrobeat to anyone, a kid of seven, yeah. kid of eight, wherever on radio, whereas... Maybe some um, bashment lyrics are kind of can be a bit vulgar sometimes, which mm. is for adults is cool. Mm. But to be on radio, if you're talking about pom pom and whatever, do you know what I'm saying? You know me, pom pom. And I feel like it's just <laughs> or, or suck your mother or this or do you know what I'm saying? Which is for us in a rave, you can do this, but on radio, it's like because I know Keith loves. Yeah, basically, bashment. I prefer. What, what you're trying to say is Afrobeat is a language that everyone can speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, regardless of the ages and all that, and yeah. you know, like. Bashment, you have to like, you know, cut a lot of words out when you're playing it on radio. And I think Afrobeats at the moment is even more commercially viable. I yeah. think we're in that pop phase yeah. where, you know what I mean, where you're like, they're just dropping banger after banger after banger because I feel like there's a formula yeah. and they have the formula and that's literally it. And that's it happens with, you know what I mean, with different things at different times. You People just need to take it on that. We, not we, but I'm saying like Afrobeat artists have the juice right now they have the formula and they're just knocking out tune after tune also, tune. also it's it's the new sound that you know when when it comes to the mainstream yeah. everyone's tired of what's been there before mm. so what's popping and what's fresh what's trending right now Afrobeat and Afrobeat has found I'd say a new life essentially in terms of mm. you know you know something's being refined where mm. Afrobeat has been doing well for a very long time but I feel like now you know and you, you've been tweaking something and you find that recipe so, so to mainstream it. That's what I wanted to say now. Like, some of the dancehall superstars have expressed a little displeasure with the fact that Afrobeats is doing what it's doing. And in some cases, I understand their frustration. Someone like Shaggy was on Breakfast Club. You know, we saw how Binnie Man reacted to when ZZ Mills put some questions towards him as well. You know, there's a little... They, they feel tense. Animosity. And I understand why. Because a lot of the Afrobeats artists and the major Afrobeats hits records bite a lot from dancehall and reggae. Mm-hmm. Wizkid is a reggae artist. A lot of people forget Burner. that. Burner Boy is straight up Jamaica. Like, he's Kingston. You know, Patois and everything. So what has happened is, yes, these guys make a little bit of reggae and dancehall, but they've added the African element to it, the PC lyrics, then the different types of beats where... Closer has R&B in it, you know. So we're sampling so many sounds and mixing it with the African. So it makes it palatable to different people. Mm. Last, last is Afrobeats. But the sample was Tony Braxton. So for anybody who loved Tony Braxton, (laughs) instantly, you're awake. And I think that was the formula that you're talking about. The fact that people have latched onto that. And then, thank God... We've had situations where Afrobeats, for me, I've always bigged up like the black women. You know, black women feel comfortable with something. Everybody goes with it. They're the culture drivers. But can we also add here, because this is another thing that I like about the whole Afrobeats as well. Because remember, there's a lot of men that are 
like the Caribbean side, they don't know what it's like back home as mm. in, in Nigeria. So when we're looking like, I'm looking at Ashake, for example, he looks like you, an area boy. You, you and know. I respect that. He's he's being himself. Sweet. A lot of artists from Nigeria are just being mm. themselves, but they're on the main stage now. Mm. So everyone's looking at them like, ah, oh, is that his style? It's like, yes, fresh mm. crop. It's not stepped on. This is my man. Like, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't speak English. For example, mm. also, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Also, the fact that it connects you to the culture, to your DNA, and there's so much to learn about Afrobeats. You know, not just the sound, not just the music, the fashion, the food, you know, the film. Every corner of yeah. the African culture is like, boom. It's coming in. You know, yeah. so it's like we've been locked out for a long time. And now it's time for us to be... Comfortable. Do you know what I think it is as well? Afro- proud Africans. Mm. I think the, what is Afrobeat as well, I feel like everything's connected at the right time. Mm. So I feel like what's happening now is just a culmination of just every aspect coming in at the right time. Remember, mm. a lot of people are returning to Africa, mm. like as in Ghana, December, Nigeria, mm. December. So that's coupled with Afrobeat. It's coupled with uh, Afrobeats in the charts. It's coupled with people eating food, the food. Like There's so many aspects to it that is kind of like, it just makes sense for it to explode at the same time. If this was maybe 10 years ago, it might not have been the same. There Even, might have been like one artist that done his thing, but people were like, oh, I'm not going to Africa. So it would have, there would have been a disconnect somewhere where right now everything is connecting. I remember in terms of Africans, we're prominent everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Nigerians, for example, in the UK, in New New York, in Maryland, in this place. Then you've got a lot of Ghanaians. So Africans tend to like, although we're there's different countries, we kind of celebrate each other together. together. Do you know what I'm saying? So And then even coupled with Afro Nation as well. So mm. like all these things have happened to even just... um girls trip too they're, they're shooting in Ghana, in Ghana. Mm. so you got like they're big celebrities in, in America like people that celebrities that you look up to Jada Pinkett who else is in it as Wait, well in Ghana Queen Latifah yeah look at Breakfast Club since Charlemagne re- returned this Christmas every day for a minimum of twenty days he's spoken about his Ghana trip, his trip club experience, the food, every day. Yeah, he said the customer service is a bit slow though. Yeah, but he yeah. also said... <laughs> customer service in Ghana is, whoa, no, no, bro. But, but let me tell you, when you go there at a time when it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Exactly. No, 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 I heard it's like that normally, man. Sorry, please. <laughs> sorry, please. My, thing, like. my problem is, when we go to Ghana, especially coming from London, everybody wants to go to like the hot places. At the same Shout time. Shout out to all those beautiful restaurants, the mm-hmm. Japanese. A friend of mine said, oh, so uh, are we going to have Japanese? I said, Japanese? <laughs> I'm in Ghana. So I, I took Smade. I was like, Smade and other guys. I said, you guys are going to come with me. I'm taking you to the streets. We're not going no posh. But if you see the pictures of the place where we went to eat, we were using one hand to eat, one hand to chase flies. But the food tastes good though. But oh, yeah. it was too much. Come on, man. We yeah. went to... That That's a... when you know you're in Ghana. Exactly. Mm. People are going to restaurants <laughs> oh, I can't where... know I'm in Ghana without the flies, no? People went to... They took me to a restaurant where people had to wait. They, you had to wait outside to be sat. Like, you have to wait. There's a waiting Cause line. Because the service is the so service. Packed. It was so packed. I'm joking, I'm joking. And I'm looking upstairs. I'm seeing all our London ladies. Yeah, you know, they're already Instagram. I'm like, nah, this ain't it. Yeah. No, but you're right. I think you're, that's, you yeah. just said something that's pretty cool because when you think of supporting the economy or doing whatever, you want to go out there and support, you know, the locals the in the area and that's outside Absolutely. of the mainstream mm. stuff because yeah. those are the people, I wouldn't say that needed the most essentially, but, but those are the people the that stand no, to I, benefit. I, I agree, but I also think that everyone needs to benefit. To I don't, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's about understanding, also touching down to the to the locals, mm. like yeah. to the rurals. Yeah. Like we can be around the airport, we can be around all the flashy hotels, but let's also go and to see, you know, yeah. the marketplace. Let's go see like the, the country as the it is. Because one thing about people in people that go to Lagos don't even touch down to the mainland. Don't even want to go. Obviously, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. So when you go to Ghana, you need to touch down all those bookers, all those marketplaces, mm. and understand the culture. And let the money it's, flow out it's there. It's part of the experience of Absolutely. traveling and going away. Yeah. So. Mm. No, definitely. I think that, you know I mean, that is really, really important. And yeah. I think sometimes 
a lot of people miss it because they end up being in a place that sometimes you end up in all of the nice bits so much you don't feel like you've been yes, gone or essentially because you feel like you've just been isolated in this place where you don't get to see the beauty of everything else. Mm. I went out one night and I saw Chance the Rapper at four different events the same night. <laughs> I guess, I mean, by the fourth event, we were almost hugging each other like, oh, yeah, bro, what's that? Like, we almost became family. Everybody's going to the same place, the yeah. same clubs, you know, front, back, play, the switch, this, that. Bro, because of, because of God, my, my sleep pad is finished. <laughs> Like, don't, don't, blame, don't blame that on God. What? I'm going to sleep. Can, can apart from, no, bro, no, apart no, from no, you no, sleeping no. in your car everywhere you no, go, bro, you have no sleep No, 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 no. But uh, Ghana is, when you go to Ghana, it's different. Like, normally when you go on a holiday, you might go to Dubai, you might go to America, you have a, a time difference, you might have a late night where it's 4 a.m. their time. You're like, oh, let me go to bed. Ghana, bro, 4 a.m., you're saying, where is the next spot? <laughs> That's what you're saying at 4 a.m. Then at 6 a.m., people are saying, what, you got Ace? Jesus. All right, cool, let's go Ace. What's the other one? There's Ace. There's Front, a... back, play. No, there's another switch. one. Twist. Twist, So yeah. the, the, the two late ones are Ace or Twist. <laughs> but the people are, it's 9 a.m., you're getting into the crowd, man not on tables, starts at like this, 9 so a.m. It's crazy. You, so you can sleep at like 10 a.m., yeah, 10, 10, 11. It's called Dirty December, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You won't go in January and see that. That's, that's it's December. Not <laughs> I tell people you have to know your portion. For me, I, I would be finished out there. No, I, but I swear to you, you're not. Because for me, like I was thinking, I think uh, it's the weather I'm going to well. be knackered. But for some reason, yeah, you just get with the program. You can like, outdo me anyway over here, bro. I can barely survive here. Bro, so I'm not they'll so... drag you along. I left these guys in a venue. I, left, I, left, <laughs> like, I, I went to them. We're all standing. And I was just looking... I started to sway back and forth. I'm thinking, bro, I, I'm going to collapse here. Yeah. So I looked at them and I said, man, I'm leaving. Mm. And I left them, the whole team, security guards, everything. I left on my own, bro. Do you know what? Sleep. Sorry to go off topic here. I just got to have a question before we start talking about yeah. Afro Nation, yeah? How do you do the, the glasses? Because I try, it does. <laughs> well, after two minutes, I can't see nothing. It's got to come off. Yeah. How do you do it? Well, I've been doing it. For as long as we've been in the UK doing the parties. And you can do it in the club, nightclubs? Every day. Right. Every day, every night. Does your eyesight adjust? No, no, no. So what, what, I, what I tend to do is, um, well, it's personal to me. You know, like, it's an image I've created for myself yeah, yeah. over the years. Like everybody sees me, they know he's got the shades on. Now they know, they see me with the beards in the last 10 years. But I personally use it to block energies. Okay. Yeah, because I'm out every time. <laughs> like, Shaking I want to keep something for myself, yeah, my family. Yeah, yeah. So this is all what everyone else sees. Mm. You know, you got to be personal to me to see me take off my hat or take off my glasses. You know, so you got to keep something for your family. So it's mm. me, you know, you know, kind of like blocking off energies and you know understanding people and what they what what they're coming with yeah reading do you understand so when I get comfortable with you yeah maybe before the end of this I'll take it off but right now let's just let's not take it easy but it makes sense though because even at times where like I'll wear if I'm getting somewhere and I'm like I don't want to see people Mm. I'll put glasses on yeah but at some point I can't see bro I can look at you you can't see me looking at you. So yeah. I can see you coming mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, yeah, Listen, like, oh from, from from that, I, I was able to create my own, you know, smade shades. So oh. these are samples of it. So I got my own smade shades now. So that's coming up soon. So You know when you think of business, you know when you think of business, man, yeah? Like, looks like when you think of business, man, smade is in, like, you know when you open, you open a dictionary and you say business, man, smade is there with you know, the beard think of. and the shades like this. Can I tell you something? There was a picture of him, like, dancing on his wedding day. That picture went viral so badly that the, the state government in Nigeria took the picture off Instagram I made it into billboards, billboards in Nigeria saying, welcome to Lagos. Serious? <laughs> that, Just from creating your own noise. image. Yeah. yeah. No, that's Different. incredible. Yeah. No, Different. when I saw the shit. And that was a picture that went viral as a Yoruba demon. As a Yoruba one. demon. Yeah. <laughs> so if you Google Yoruba demon, yeah. that's what you see. Man said, oh yeah, bring it. Bring it, slap it on the, the freeway, but, slap it. You know, I'm actually happy now that I've topped that from being called Yoruba demon. 
So African King. So if you Google African King now, you it see my, you can see my image in there. Yeah, but for a long time it was Yoruba. <laughs> what do we need to do, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, no, when hey. I saw Mark, when I saw the thingy, when I saw the shades, I was thinking of you know Ray J in the interview. Oh, where he's got the shades. And I said, they're unbreakable. And I said, break them. I didn't broke. I don't I said, care. break them. I said, break them. They're unbreakable. I'm going to break, break them. And he broke them. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that it, was... it is mad, though, because Smade has a unique look, as in, like, you can see Smade from anywhere and you know it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be down the road and be like, I Smade. Yeah. Okay, so how did it start? Before wow. we get to Affirmation, mm. the, the beginning of the birth of Smade, the brand. I've heard, I've heard it from... The name's synonymous 22. as well. Yeah. 21, 22. I've heard it from. Those 21, days. 22. Yeah, West End days. I used to hear it. That was like how many years ago? Like 12 years 10, ago. 12? 13 years ago. Mm, okay. I wasn't in that scene. <laughs> what was the first time you heard of Smith? Do you know what it is? I think rough, roughly the same. Yeah, West End yeah, days. West End days, yeah. yeah so I'm going West End and then it'll be like after party, we're going to that side. You remember there was always that yes. side? Coco Bar, Coco Chow, that side. Yeah, I was like, I'm going over. I got to go home. Steam Bar, what's the one in Paddington? I've done, so uh, in fact, all the clubs in London. I was yeah. showing Shopsy the other day. I had a book. I call it my Bible. Not the Holy Bible. Well, the Smade Bible where I put a lot of ideas into, where I write a list of all the concert venues, festival venues, or all the clubs that I've done. And it was going on to the next page, the next page, the next page. I've done number one, Leicester Square. I've done Ortega. I've done Yega Bar. I don't know um, if you know all these venues in the city. Um, uh, there was one Agenda Bar. Yeah, yeah I know Agenda. Market Bar. Even LA Lounge. Mustard Bar. Yeah. We launched... Um, LA Lounge when it was called Governor Bar. I remember Governor Bar. I remember Governor Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first ever club, Governor KFC nightclub in Oak Hill Road. Have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there, but back then, drug bar used to. If you go to that place, you know they pass. Listen, I will tell this story another day. Police, the immigration, police, the amount of immigration that goes to that club, dude. Serious? Oh yeah. That's where they go. I was a victim, guys. <laughs> this is a story for another day. I've been in detention for 30 days, immigration detention, Seriously? for going to that club. <laughs> oh, like, uh, what you just said, we've never discussed make this. Make sure your papers. <laughs> so you get to the what? You get to the door. Where's your ID? So, no, 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 no. They, they target you the either police, on your way there yeah, or when you're leaving. Oh, raw. Yeah, he's yeah. in the waiting. Even oh. Obi Mikel, when he had the driving Yeah, he was always going. He was, was from KFC. He was, KFC, KFC, was so, leaving. They just stopped him. But to answer your question, it was just, <laughs> you know, it, it was just a thing of passion. I derived passion from promoting anything African. Like, like I said earlier, from the food, you know, I've probably worked with every single Nigerian restaurant in the UK, from Anish to uh, Tasties, all Tasties, yeah. to Presidential Surya, to Obal in the Surya, to, I can list a lot that you guys don't even know. You know, and when it comes to fashion, I'm wearing, I'm wearing an African brand right now, you know, promoting African in me. It's a brand from Canada. You know, I wear the heart a lot and I've always been promoting it. So Fashion Week as well, African mm. Fashion Week. I've been involved in most of the after parties, I've actually um, done the walk away, the wrong way myself. <laughs> you know, um, that was a funny one because I'm very, very shy. That's another story behind my glasses. So I started off being shy, you know, but I got used to it, yeah. you know, and it helped me kind of come out of my shell, you know. But yeah, I started by doing house parties. You know, it used to be house parties back in the days. It's actually 19 years since I've been in the UK. And 19 years since I've been throwing those house parties. But officially started throwing my own parties in 2006-ish. You know, um, from those house parties, you know, um, kind of like dwelled into the club parties. You know, we're doing monthly parties from Vegas Nightclub, Oaken Road. You know, I don't know if you know that, to Whispers in Elephant and Castle, to Number One Leicester Square, to Dollhouse, to walking in... Um, Coco Bar, and that was a uh, close bar then. I remember, you know? yeah, I remember that. And to doing a lot more club parties, we we ran the clubs um, uh, scene for a long time. 
And then I I met uh, Wizkid, Davido, you know, Olamide, and a lot of other artists that I built relationships with, you know, and that took me to the next level right now, like to start doing concerts, you know, from the concerts, being a marketing student, because that's where I studied in uni, I, I started like taking this game to the next level now, not just doing what, you know, my predecessors were doing, like people that were there before me, like the Coco Birds or the Black Knight. I decided to take it further. Being a student, I wanted to touch every city. So I started going to Manchester, Birmingham. And I was always, you know, um, looking up to Live Nation. Wanted to be the African Live Nation. You know, um, there's another story behind that. But that gave me that drive to keep going and to keep doing all those shows. It was really hard during times, you know. Yeah. I've been doing this for about since 2007. That's almost how many years now do they matter 15, 15, 15 years, years. years yeah. I've been doing you know entertainment full time you know I've, before doing entertainment I used to like you know while studying I would do retail work you know worked in Next Buttons you know uh, TK Maxx did factory work HMV Apollo, you know, and so many other stuff that I had to do to go through the process to get to where I am yeah while studying, while juggling that, I was also investing in what we all know as Afrobeats today. Mm. You know, and I did it at a time when people would laugh at you. Yep. When, I remember those times. When huh? you, I would be at train stations, outside train stations, mm-hmm. making noise, playing music off my speaker with a team of five, six of us, wearing T-shirts, giving out flyers and CDs for people to listen to Afrobeats begging people please listen to it some people throw it on the floor you know we have to go back and pick our our pieces and luckily um, you know uh, during this time was around the time I met Shopsy you know about 10 years ago he's always been someone that's told me and believed in that drive and dream that I had that yo you got something special you know I've been watching you you've been behind so many people Nice time for you to go start your own. I think you can do it. So when you have great people like that around you, you know, to actually point out things and you have to sit back and actually think about it. Like, okay, can you do it? So it was difficult at, at first, especially the fact that everyone I was working with just wanted to shut me down, you know, which is a problem we have in our industry. In our no, culture. In our culture. You know, no one, in fact, in the industry in, in general. When you, sorry, cut you. when you say cut, shut you down, what do you mean? Is in people weren't, weren't, didn't want to help you or people wanted to just, they didn't. It wasn't even help. Be, what was it? It wasn't help. It was a fact that they know. You, know, you guys coming into the game. Yeah, they know that, you know, you got the potential of oh. driving this to the next level. So they'll try to block you off. You know, and I've got like receipts for this. You know, you book a place for like a conference or anything, they will tell them, no, don't don't go with Smate. Don't book it with Smate. You should come through us. Or, you know, so I went through all of those, you know, um, phase. But, you know, um, meeting David, meeting Wiz, and meeting all these artists that I mentioned earlier and seeing the drive in them and the drive in me was just, like, this is it for me. Because yeah. I needed people also to believe in the dream and the vision of taking this to the next level. So it wasn't just a dream I had yesterday. You know, um, shout out to all the soldiers that have been there before me. Shout out to everyone that's put their time, their efforts, their money into investing Max. in this Afrobeat thing. Shout out to Shopsy Do. This man has been behind so many individual artists. That's I've ever seen any one individual person. That's something different that he has. So maybe it's that energy yeah, God drink. <laughs> but guys, that guy is special. This guy right here is special. And when I'm around him a lot, most of the time, we've probably been around each other a lot, especially during the pandemic. I see he's like training during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, doing like, stuff. you know, so keeping the mental, you know, um, stability. 
you know, in check is is really important in this industry because there's going to be a lot of people that want to like shake you or yeah, yeah. Man, even the, the crowd sometimes. And that's because they don't know. Do you understand? So you got to respect that. So I guess it's time for me to start talking now. That's why I'm coming out a lot more, doing more podcasts. I never used to talk. Yeah. I've done, you know, um, maybe a couple this year, yeah. but I've turned down hundreds of podcasts over the last two years. Because everybody wanted to know what happened with Alpha Nation. Yeah. Everybody wanted to know the story of Smade. But I think it's time now for us to educate, you know, everyone out there to know the story and the journey, you know, and how far we've come. At some point, I was the only one carrying the flag for Afrobeats in this country. And it was so tough because I was getting hate from my brothers. I was getting hate from my friends. People that thought like they were doing something better than what I was doing was just trying to shut me down. And well, listen. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And it takes a lot of, you know, um, passion. And genuine love for the game you know, to co- be here and to have taken Afro Nation to where it is right now and to have opened up a lot of doors for everyone and the culture. So, do you know what comes, the position is really, really, you do, know. Do you know what comes to mind? Is that picture, I don't know if you've seen it, where the guy's digging. There's two guys digging diamond, in there. Yeah. So, That's one's true. digging and there's literally a diamond, but he just tags around. The drink, I, I told him during the pandemic, I said in 2000 and 11 and 12, when he started doing concerts and I started working with him closely, we had like huge successes. Whiskey, David O, Olamide, back to back. It was going crazy. And then we had like a, a very difficult time in 2017. I think it was 2017 or something where he decided to, after that traumatic time, he was like, the next year we're doing a concert every single month. So this. Yeah, go ahead. So I said to him, I said, it's a case of like, we were digging. People saw us digging in the woods somewhere. And everybody knows that this is where oil is. This is R&B, hip-hop, bashment. But there's some mad men in the dark just digging away. And they never believed. And they just said, leave them to it. Those ones are crazy. They go nowhere. Let's keep on facing our goal. And all of a sudden... We, we got, got the gold where the light shines, yeah, yeah. and, and everybody ran back. Is now coming back. Like, that that okay. story is yeah. similar to that exactly. image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, in addition to what he said, like you know, I understand, which is okay for people to have doubts about this. Yeah. But where half a bit is going is we. This is just the beginning, because we have numbers, mm. we have talent, Crazy numbers. we have investors that are still hiding. Facts. This is a time for... And I'm not talking about only financial investors. I'm talking about ourselves. Yeah. There's a lot of us out there. We're still hiding. We're still... Whether this is... How far is this going to go? Some people are where... Some people were 10 years ago. Because they're just getting to know about this. Mm. But those that have been there for 10 years are like, no... This thing is actually growing now. growing now. This thing has actually gotten to the, you know, to the spot. Look at Thames in Grammys. She was a Cinderella. She was the toast of the Grammys. She yeah. was a Cinderella of the, like everybody, everybody wanted her. Mm. <laughs> she was a, she's in fact she's our Beyonce. Yeah. And two years ago, well, people, mm. people, if you knew, you knew, but so, you didn't know on a I on a global. An email today, the first ever email she sent to me, in 2019. <laughs> she, she only had two songs out. Someone sent it to mm. me and I started playing it on radio here. So I tagged her when she had like 7,000 followers on Instagram. She DM'd me saying, thank you so much. Wow. And then she took my email and sent me the email. <laughs> this morning, I just I just saw it on my stuff where she's the one sending the song by herself. I still have it here. Wow. So, mad. So like, <laughs> yeah. the, that's an example. And yeah. also, 
I remember there was a show we did at the HMV Apollo in 2016. Olamide show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came with the YBL and crew, and at that time they were very hot. You know, they were really hot. They could fill up a 10,000 capacity venue. You know, but we didn't see that coming, isn't it? Because yeah. our people were still buying tickets late. Mm-hmm. You know, so we <laughs> we were overwhelmed. <laughs> We had over 2,000 people outside without tickets. So people rushed the doors in. I lost everything. Like, this was in 2016. Lost over 150K. Then. Oh, of in, investors' in, money in, in everything. 2016, which yeah. I had to pay back and I had to, like, make everybody happy again. Yeah. And rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And rebuild relationships. You know, I, you I know think, I, it was after then that I told... Shopsy, because Shopsy was like, and everybody, the whole team was like, what are you going to do now? Thinking, that's it. Yeah. And I told them, I said, we did two shows this year. We're going to do six next year. So when one goes left, at least we still have five. Good. And we, because we, I understand the position we were in. It's going to be difficult. Because... <laughs> everyone is seeing the rise and the surge in this thing and not everybody's going to like it. So, and for me, I've always been the man in the front line. The one, the first, the first guy to try this, the first guy to try that. So, sometimes it, it ends up being failures, but it's success to me. <laughs> you know what is going off of that? Do you, how do you find that? Because you've said you're shy, I've noticed that whenever you do do something, you tend to be the face of it as well. It, although it's, it's it's yours, you know, some people will do something and they're like, you only find out maybe if you know or whatever. But to me, it seems like you're the face of things a lot. Like, how does that work for you? Because if some if if it goes well, it's fine. It's glory and all it's that. glory. Yeah. If it goes bad, it's you. Your, that your... people like even for example, if we want to go into the Afro Nation yeah. topic or whatever. I saw people actually firing at you mm. like it was you who done what you done. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you're someone that you seem like a very wise person that you're not going to bite, you're like, do you know what? What's going to be handled is going to be handled. I'm not even going to be argue. But how was that when people are just like coming for you directly? Do you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. So good question. It's understanding your position. And my position, I've given myself to serve. You know, um, I understand who I am, yeah. first of all. You must know who you are and you must understand why you're doing this. So giving myself away, you know, for Afrobeat or this culture, or, you know, representing it is not a joke. It's my life. Yeah. It's everything I've worked for. So when people come at me, it's, it's it hurts. It's painful to see that everything that you have giving your life for people can still come and attack you for it I was in tears I was depressed I was like I was in myself because I'm human you know I didn't have the money that everyone was coming at me for but everybody saw me as a scapegoat yeah (laughs) because everybody was bored at home and some were going through pain Mm. and some actually were actually going through these things yeah. You know, the way we don't understand. So it's about understanding your position and understanding what's what's coming. Despite the fact that you're in this position. Mm. You might not understand what I've just said, but, you know, because I've put myself in the front line a lot. I'll be the first person to get the bullets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so understanding that, and that's why I went quiet for a while because I needed to... Um, I was quiet, but I wasn't quiet. I needed to continue. I didn't want those words or those things to break me. I got really, really bad messages. When I say bad messages... I can imagine, bro. I got oh. threats. You yeah, can't imagine, yeah. brother. Yeah. You cannot imagine. It was, it was the worst. For me... I, I, got, I got some screenshots I'm going to show you yeah. guys. And I, don't, I doubt whether some of you might be able to, to, to end this podcast in the right mood. Like, it was bad. I got hate on my mother. And exactly two years after, she passed. She passed away. Last, last year, May. So, it's that deep. I got hate on my kids. I got hate on my family. Mm. You know, people yeah. were trying to just, you know, get rid of me at all costs. For, for, for a culture 
an industry, and something I have done for all of us. This man here can tell you how many times we've gone on the high streets or gone to Peckham, New Cross, Croydon, Stratford. 24 hours. I'm telling you, day and night. Giving out posters, flyers, selling tickets. I used to sell tickets. I'll go to, I'll drive north, east, west, south. I'll drive outside London to deliver tickets. That was the, the way. So, pause there. <laughs> yeah. What, what I wanted to say is exactly where he's at. So, the reason I called him in 2011 to say, you got something, man, is exactly because of this. You know, back then we used to use, we used um, Blackberry. I, I had one. And that was what he was using to promote. He upload his... On the profile, he'll send broadcast messages. And at that time, I wasn't sleeping like 12 midnight. I'll probably be online or something. And this guy would just upload a picture of himself at somewhere in London with a poster of Whiskey. And so I started messaging him. I'm like, bro, are you actually in Hammersmith? Now? He's like, yeah, I just put up some posters. And I'm about to go deliver tickets. So that's <laughs> when he goes out to put posters all around London and deliver tickets till morning. So that's why I called him to say, bro, is this show yours? It wasn't a show. He was only selling tickets on behalf of the show promoters. But he had already put, yeah, those that, he had already put his face out there as the main guy. So when I started speaking to him, I was like, bro, you're already the guy. So you can do this yourself too. Because you are now the person that we all build relationships with, the artists build relationships with. The people buying tickets buy physically from him you, yeah. by driving around. Bro, it's that time. I'm t- what I was going to say is, yeah, do, do you remember, I think it was Clubhouse. Yeah. I think I didn't where there was like a, there was a debate about yeah. Afrobeat. You were in that room, yeah, innit? Yeah. yeah, I think that's where, I think that's when I first heard you. Yeah. And yeah. you were defending him and everyone was, yeah. everyone was like, why is this one defending yeah, Swade? Yeah, yeah. It's like, because you are talking about stuff know. you don't know. They, know, they, yeah, they yeah. don't know the journey. I mean, and know. we haven't told this story enough. Yeah. And I think people that, what? you know, should be telling the stories. Like this Those now. are minimum. Those you are minimum. There was a video. So talking about investors, we. Nah, this next one is we, mad. Our own. Not necessarily financial investors. Mm. Those are crazy messages. We're talking about people one. that, the creatives, mm-hmm. you know, the the... the the, the people behind the creatives, Jesus. the managers, yeah, look at you know, the production side of things, like the videographers, you know. Should, should I tell you, I know he doesn't want to dwell on the negatives a little bit, that's why he's moving on, but I'll tell you the most painful <laughs> one for me was one of those messages. I opened it and I scrolled up. I scrolled up to just after the first Afro Nation and this young black woman was praying for him and his family, saying thank you for creating Afro Nation and making us feel so proud and welcome. The safe space. And next up. And just scroll down from that. She had made up words. She made up words. And she she was one of the people that had now started to rain curses and direct targets at his kids. I looked at that message and I'm like, I, I don't even think she remembered Mm. That she put a blessing in message up and a picture of herself but, but, with her friends. But do you know what I don't, do you know what I don't get? Yeah. I get that like you might not understand what's going on. Yeah. I get you might be annoyed. Yeah. I get that you're frustrated. But yes. it's the it's the way you go around things. And then these are the same people that will say stuff like, God bless me, or ah, oh, there's evil people in this world or like, but you're one of them. You because what people. you're saying is evil. Like, right. the thing is, I, I, there's, there's people I might not like. But there's just some things you But there's some things I would never say to them. Do you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't come out of my mouth. Like, Listen, I was depressed from that shit. Yeah. Like, no, I don't, yeah, no, stuff I, like that. And Nigerians, and Nigerians no, this lit, different what, as well. What bro. God said to me then, because I, that was when I found God the most because I became more prayerful. Like you have to with them kind of I, messages. I thank God yeah. again for Shopsy. You know, <laughs> he was always coming around my house. We would work out in the garden. He was making me remember who I was mm. and where I was coming Your from. Job is so like having the right people around you is key. People like Dombazi, you know, having great friends. Whiskey called me, yeah. checked up on me, yeah. came around. Davido would call me. Olami, they would call me. We're crying like this. This. Kids Daniel will call me. Like, uh, see what? We had conversations. So, like, 
what kept me going was the relationships that I had because a lot of people left. Mm. A lot of people that I called friends, they're not even here today anymore. But when I heard the word continue from my prayers and my fasting, because I, I pray a lot and he knows how we encourage each other to like always put God first. And when I continued and was wearing, I went back to my holy book uh, my my Bible, yeah. this made Bible, and one of the plans I've had in those books came up, Smade Lounge. And in two years, from that word continue, continue to serve, continue to be who you are, was what made me now be the man now sitting on this hot seat. Because I continued. I didn't stop. <clears throat> I didn't think about the negativity. I didn't think about the hate. I just use those things to build myself back up, mm. you know. So there goes the comeback for Afro Nation. Now we're doing Miami, Portugal again this year in more greater numbers mm. than the other one we're doing the pandemic. In greater numbers. And me. And me. <laughs> so now we've created Smade Lounge. Mm. Smade Lounge is one year, four months old, and we've done crazy numbers. And we've had at least 95% of every African artist that's been in the UK visit that Come land. Through. And he's, he's, he's doing a lot for the culture, giving, putting food on the table for people. You know, um, we have over 120 staffs, both front of house, you know, on the background, the creatives, the DJs, the securities, the cleaners, you know, putting food on the table for people. You know, so, at the end of the day, it's charity work we're doing here. Service. It's, it's service. service. <laughs> it's service. Yeah. So understanding our position and me continuing, it's not like I had the money. I had to sell my cars and sell properties to put that together because I knew that we cannot break now. We cannot fall now. Because what the devil was doing during Affirmation and the pandemic was trying to like, you know, blind us because it was the from beginning. seeing. Yeah. But now I hope people can see what this is doing. Uh-huh. Because from the start we announced it, it's always been negativity. Mm. It's like, it's not going to happen. Even when you get to this level, it's still not going to happen. But being a marketing student, I've learned how to turn and flip things around, yeah. like, you know, to my own advantage. So I thank God for holding me down. I thank my good friends and brothers and family, my wife, my kids, that's why it's always good to hold on to something. You know, I held on to my family. I held on to my four kids. You know, I had a 400 during the pandemic. During the pandemic? <laughs> my mom was busy. You kept it all four during the pandemic? Oh, no. The I know. Oh, four during the pandemic. Oh, no. 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 Give this guy some tequila. He needs some tequila. No, on a serious note, on a serious note, you know, it was a very, very challenging period. Like, I wouldn't pray for my enemy yeah. to go through what I went through. Even with these messages, you've yeah, only seen yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting thousands no, in my DMs, in my crazy. Twitter, my Instagram. I think it was a blessing it was and a curse yeah. because, you know, the f- same way, like what you said, receiving the glory mm. and also the, the backlash, yeah, the yeah. hit. But huh, when the heat comes, people don't know how to behave themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people will just cover, you know, stone you with whatever comes through their head. Yeah. You know, but people were in pain. A lot of people lost their jobs. People were also grieving. Absolutely. People were losing families. Absolutely. So, but understanding them made me stronger. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a bad time. But at the same time, yeah. like, I, just, I just want to throw this out there. It's not an excuse to use you as a punching bag. So, I, mean, I think for a lot of people... Um, and, and people don't people don't talk about it well. Is the pandemic was something that was alien to everybody. Mm-hmm. It was not only alien to organizations and, and companies, and then to individuals. We had never experienced anything like that before. Afro Nation, for me, one of the reasons I I was super I'm super gassed about Afro Nation was when I saw the first one and I knew what they were trying to do and put Afro beats and Afro beats artists on the biggest stages that we probably didn't have, I knew this thing had to survive. So when the, the pandemic came and the negativity was around it, knowing 
him personally and some of the great people that are working around Afro Nation and what their dreams were. I'm just begging that God, I beg you, man, we don't lose this. Think about it. So there's Afro Nation uh, 2019, uh, August. We've had 2000, in 2022, we had Puerto Rico, we had Portugal and Ghana. Oh, so was uh, the second, it was we, the second so, one that uh, was so after had the pandemic. So 2023, Look at how many major stages uh, Afrobeats artists have now headlined mm. because of Afro Nation. And I'll be honest with you, that's what's, that's what's riding Afrobeats for us. When you go to different continents and put up the biggest promoting. stages and you put up our biggest superstars, of course our music is going to travel. It's going to travel. Our live events is what's making Absolutely. Afrobeats go crazy right now, the live events. You have to think about it. We never used to have live events of this magnitude. Yep. Or to showcase our talent across talents. the world, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, mm-hmm. now yeah. we are traveling to different continents. We're going to America, Miami. We're going. We have Portugal. We have Ghana, and we're going other places. So this is what's going to actually spread. And now, Bernabeu is just on the Caribbean tour. He did. He did um, stadiums in Jamaica, I think Trinidad and Tobago, and one other country, Antigua or something, mm. in December. And now you're having people that don't know anything about Afrobeats make the mistake of buying a ticket to come to an Afro nation and see a burner boy on stage. Man, I said, make the mistake. It's a mistake. You're finished. You're no, going to be in, um, I saw him in uh, Stockholm in November. That's it. Shut down. I think, it's, I think the venue held 12,000 yeah. people. Yeah, and that's his, tw- that's his second time of that venue in less than 12 months. Shout out to mm. Burner Boy, man. That guy is probably one of the baddest <laughs> performers. Yeah, yeah, he's cold. Yeah, he's cold. In the world, not just Africa, in he's, the world right now. So that's exact. That's, that's an, an example. That's an ambassador. You know, these guys they put in work mm. and mm. the amount of time I've seen them come from. Like yeah. the same way you guys are saying, you probably know me from years back. Yeah. I've seen these guys mm. and they put in work. So respect to them, what they're doing, how they're representing our continent. Yeah, we feel proud. I, 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 I don't think anyone else is do, doing do what you know, they're doing. Do you know what's dope about Afrobeat, yeah? I mean, the Afrobeat scene, especially in the UK and Nigeria, it seems like, it's not even seems like, it is like everyone came up at the same time. Yeah. Do you know, like the same way with us, man, it's like there's three shots. Then yeah. we, we knew Mo the Comedian. Yeah. Then we, then we might, then we knew um, Stormzy, Stormzy, Majabar, yeah. Ma- K- so, Cryptical, like everyone, yeah, just, like, yeah, so, everyone, so yeah, everyone is like ascended. ZZ, for mm. example, like so, everyone's ascended at the same time. So now we can sit back and be so like, all right, people. three shots have done Royal Albert Hall, ZZ's done this, yeah. Mo's done, but it's like we've all come up at the same time ish. So to say with Afrobeat is like you guys together have nice. kind of. Obviously, come up separately, but then yeah. come together. Yep. But then you've known a whiz kid when he's first come to the UK. Yep. Then Bernard, Davido, and now ev- everyone's doing this and that. So now you're at the top. Yeah. There's no hate because you're now saying, I remember you. We're cool. I'm going to bring you in. You're going to bring me when in. When I met Smay, we talked about this on my podcast the other day. I just came to, I got a call to come interview Ice Points in Dagenham. I said, boy, that's my neighborhood. So I'm leaving work now. Jumped on the train, got to Dagenham. I went to the barber. He was in the barber shop. So I just said, hey, bro, I came to interview. He said, cool. Let me finish my haircut and you can drive me to the house that I'm staying because I'm staying with my friends. So I said, cool. We got in the car. I'm telling my friend, bro, ice prince is heavy. We got to the house now. I walked in and his boy wonder with kid playing games in the living room, just chilling. I said, Two for the price of one. <laughs> Set up camera. That, those interviews with Whiskey and Ice Prince today are pretty much the most iconic interviews yeah, ever. Every year, people still bring clips of it out because that was the first time they ever heard them speak. Mm. And I was in the living room just interviewing. Is that the one? Kid. Is that the one Whiskey's crossing his legs on Where the chair? Where he's sitting down and that's his sitting room. Yeah. So oh, okay. whilst I was interviewing him. This guy walks in, he's like... Oh, in your house? In his house. Oh. So it was like, who are these guys? 
Like, they've got camera, camera lights in my house. I don't know these guys. They're like, listen, bro, no vex. But this interview, we go do. That's how we met. I was about to kick them out. <laughs> he was about to kick us out. to leave your own house. Oh, yeah, leave your own house, How man. can I come into my living room and, and they set up cameras? Like, everybody, get out. So it was, it was, it was and like... And the incredible thing about that day was the fact that we went into that place to interview Ice Prince. We interviewed the rising star who had just one or two hits, Whiskey. We also met the guy who they were staying with, who was their friend, but was a budding promoter in the scene at the time. So he, at that time, he built relationships where they were staying in his house. So now that Whiskey is doing 60000 and whatever, that night that I went to interview him, he was, Smade had brought him and Ice Prince to host a governor bar less than 200 capacity at the time. That's mad. <laughs> yeah. That is mad. So that's why we're crazy. That, that is now. real. That was the first time we ever picked a microphone. Picked a microphone in the UK. In, in the UK and Ice Prince, basically. That is, yeah. And that goes on to so many other artists that's that, you know, putting them on, yeah. you know, has just been my joy afterwards. Like, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy, you know, seeing talents grow and evolve to become superstars. And that's why we all have to invest in the younger ones coming Facts. now. Because if we can, you know, be behind great artists to become yeah. super mega superstars, Facts. like, you know, the, the the top five or top ten artists from Nigeria, then we can do more. There's still a lot more talents in Africa. Great talent. So we all need to, you know, invest in one another. We all need to, like, understand the level where we are. And it's not just us. It's not just the creatives. It's not just you guys. It's not just me. It's everybody. Yeah. Everybody, you need to continue to let people know who they are and the position they have to play in where we are going. Because <clears throat> everybody has a part to play. Yeah. Mm. That's right. So I, I want to wake everybody up with every opportunity that I have to tell everybody to look at themselves in the mirror and think about how they can contribute to this journey. Either you have a nine-to-five or you don't even have any interest in this. However you can support goes a long way. Mm. I've, be been a, as... I've, been, I've been a victim of people throwing stones and sh- like, you know, almost getting rid of me. You know, it was like, it's a miracle to be here. Yes. The things I was thinking about them days, <clears throat> them times, when people were saying all of these things, they didn't think about me. They were just having a good time online. You know, the, you know the craziest thing is those people when people have come to another Afro nation, one hundred percent, and been dancing, yeah. and, and, those and, and forgot what they've they said. No, no, they didn't forget. Like Shops no, no, said, they, they, like, they like, like Shops said, said a, a huge percentage of them were praising me. Yeah, just. Eight months Just before. about a few months ago, mm. for them to turn around and do a U-turn in the same DM. <laughs> oh yeah. God, no, bro! Crazy. Trust That's me. Do you know how mad that is? When people That's get crazy, just scroll up, you know. scroll up. You see, bro. We've had these conversations where, like I said, I've been in situations where I've had people that have said one thing and then mm. have said something else and then have gone and said something else, and it used to baffle me. I'll never forget. So, um, when I was living out, remember when I was living out in Australia, wrote a book. You know, I was living in my dad's house. And so I moved to Australia, lived with my mum, wrote a book while I was out there. I've come back and cool, I put my book online for sale or whatever. So what's happened is as I've advertised my book, bear in mind, this is 2015, mm. 2016, early. Put my book online or whatever for pre-order. I didn't understand the way PayPal and all of those things worked. So one of the rules with PayPal and stuff, you couldn't do pre-orders on certain things. So what's happened is I put pre-orders. When I say within seven to 10 days, I sold over a thousand copies wow. of my book at £19.99. So wow. there's literally, PayPal's going to put a freeze oh. on the money essentially. But here's the catch. So the way the money was set up or whatever, I was going to take that money and continue printing the books mm. and so send on. everyone a copy of their book mm. or whatever. So I'm in a bit of a bind now because bear in mind, I don't have money like that at this point. So PayPal's mm. holding the money and everyone needs their books, essentially. So the way PayPal would work was, so basically they're like, we review this every 180 days. Ah. So it's a high-risk account, and we do a review every 180 days. I'm sitting there like, who has 180 days? So people are waiting for their books or whatever, and then the emails start coming in, you know, and people start talking fraud. Bro, stressing at the time. And bro, I had to say to PayPal, you know what? If you're not going to give me the money, send it back. 
Because I was like, that's the best I can do. Because yeah. I was like, the minute people latch onto this and it becomes that, it, I'm finished. It, it, yeah. Bro, I had to yeah. get... And at the time, you know, you need the money. I sent back over 20-something thousand pounds. Yeah. At the time, bear in mind, I'm living in my in a box room at my dad's house. <laughs> I, was the first, I was like, yo, wow. I had to send the money back. Because I was like, you know, and the emails are start coming yeah. in and whatever. Stress. Because people cannot wait to slander you. And I've been in situations, you know what I mean? where people have said stuff, you know me, about my mother, my this and that. And people have no idea how that affects you because when people have decided that you're a bad person, they don't care anymore. You're, you're, they're allowed yeah. to say whatever yeah. because they're like, that's a bad person. It's not even a human being. Yeah. And they will say stuff. With my mother, people put in pictures of my mum's face on a wheelie bin. I'll never forget this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'll never forget that person. Prominent person. This To this day, you know what I mean? That always speaks on certain things. Never forget this. You know what I mean? Little things like that, which she was talking about. My mother going back a couple of years. But stuff like that, you never forget. Because Absolutely. for them, it's a little bit of banter. You know what I mean? They're blowing off some steam yeah. or saying whatever they want to say, say. But for you as a person, you're like, I'll never forget that. Mm. That is something that will sit with me for the rest of my life. And what was crazy for me is my mom's on social media. So my mom was on my Twitter, my Instagram and stuff. So when I would go through stuff like that, she would see certain things. So you know what I mean? And it's crazy because then my mom would worry about me more than... Like she didn't... like. It, it wouldn't affect her about herself more than it would affect her about me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So she's worried about me. And you know how African parents are oh as well because now they're worried about you because yeah, yeah. she's looking at like these people want to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's like how, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think for me, that's kind of what hurt me the most because it put her in a position where mm. now she's proper worried, you know what I mean? Because she can see this stuff in real time and she's seeing people saying this where we can differentiate between what's banter and what's not or someone actually meaning. And the social media attacks within our culture specifically Afrobeats most of the time, people don't follow the news. They follow the comments. Mm -hmm. So if there's a ton of negative comments, they're just going to jump into that and start going with the theme of the comments yeah. by not even knowing what the original story is. Yeah. So you'll be surprised to know that a huge percentage of the people that probably were criticizing you and it's criticizing based you, on... they didn't even order the book or buy the tickets to Afro Nation. Mm. But they're just like, you know what? This guy's a scapegoat. Oh, yeah, man. I saw Bearer that, man. <laughs> Couldn't have done it to me, though. So why are you talking then? Like, because you, you didn't order the ticket. You didn't buy a ticket, man. Yeah. You are now listening to the Three Shots of Tequila podcast with Marv Abbey, Mr. Exposed, and Taser Black.